In the world of diagnostic tests for COVID-19, there are currently two main approaches, PCR tests, which detect the presence of the live virus, and serology tests, which detect antibodies that indicate whether someone has recovered from the disease. But could there be a third way? Two companies in the Seattle region, Microsoft and Adaptive Biotechnologies, are working together to try to create a better diagnostic test for COVID-19. Even if you haven't been infected yet, we may be able to see something that may give indications as to why some people never get sick, why some people maybe just get a three-day flu, whereas other people fall very seriously ill. That is Peter Lee, Microsoft Corporate Vice President of AI and Research, speaking with GeekWire this week on a call with Adaptive Biotechnologies CEO, Chad Robbins, who explained the potential applications of this new type of test. We know that the one area that no test so far has been able to be helpful is this ability to triage patients or to risk stratify and really reduce hospitalization. The second area is one of the larger necessities right now. Employers who are determining if their workers can come back to work in a safe environment. So how does this work? It's all about using science and machine learning to achieve a better understanding of the human immune system. And it's part of a broader effort by the companies to develop a universal diagnostic test for all types of disease. Coming up on this episode of GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast, we go inside the quest for a better test for COVID-19 and other diseases with Chad Robbins of Adaptive Biotech and Peter Lee of Microsoft. I'm GeekWire editor Todd Bishop. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is sponsored by Primera Blue Cross, providing comprehensive health benefits and tailored services to approximately 2 million people, from individuals to Fortune 100 companies. Learn more about how Primera is innovating in healthcare at primera.com innovation. At a basic level, Microsoft and Adaptive are looking for the unique signature associated with COVID-19 in the specialized cells that determine the human immune system's response to the disease. Once that signature is identified, they say, it could lead to a new test that would detect the telltale signs of the disease in others, providing a new form of diagnosis. The companies last week launched a virtual clinical study seeking 1,000 people across the country who've been diagnosed with, exposed to, or recovered from COVID-19. Chad and Peter, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having us, Todd. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to be here. If you were explaining to someone what the heck Adaptive and Microsoft are doing, how would you describe it, what you're doing related to COVID-19 specifically? One of the things that uh, we've learned from the scientific staff at Adaptive Biotechnologies is this idea that your immune system has this amazing ability to learn and remember from past infections. So when you, when you or even one of your ancestors you know, has warded off a disease, there are lessons that are encoded in a little snippet of DNA on something called the T-cell receptor. It's a little protein on the kind of outside of, of your T-cells. And so Adaptive Biotechnologies has this uh, pretty remarkable technology that at scale is able to read that little bit of DNA and give us a printout of it. So if you get a small sample of blood, uh, you get a sample of about a million of those T cells. uh, And what we get delivered from Adaptive Biotechnologies is that printout. So now the question is, uh, are we able to make sense out of what that printout is saying? 
you know, are we able to translate whatever language your T cells are speaking into the language of disease? And that's been more or less the, the entire machine learning problem that Adaptive has presented us with. So with this study, are you essentially trying to figure out what signature, what text in that sample that you're looking at relates to COVID-19 and then identify that in future surveys of the immune system in other people? Am, am I thinking about the pattern matching in the right way? That, that's exactly what we're trying to do. And as Peter just alluded to, every disease has its own kind of DNA that's technically antigens for a disease. In layman's terms, it's it's pieces of DNA that are kind of flares or barcodes for that disease. And these specialized type of cells in your body, uh, you know, scan for the very specifically scan for that particular flare for that disease. And once we can get a, you know a, enough of a representation of that receptor or that kind of scanner, then we can kind of feed those into the machine learning models that Microsoft has built to then be able to get a signature and then apply that signature to other patients uh, for uh, the diagnosis, triaging, and and potentially immune health scan, if you will, for COVID-19. And it's really that it's the same thing we can do for any disease. What do you hope to accomplish in the short term from this new type of test that you're seeking volunteers for? And how does it relate to the long-term battle against COVID-19? Overall, what we're hoping to do is characterize the immune response to COVID-19 by specifically looking at a certain type of cell, the T cell response um, to COVID-19, which we believe uh, is present in everybody. Uh, right now, there's a, you know, a couple of different types of tests out there. Uh, there's you know, the PCR-based test that looks at the presence of the virus, and there's serology tests that look at the presence of antibodies. Um, but we think there are both standardization and biological issues with the, the two types of tests currently. Uh, and, and third, but there are no tests um, that are able to properly triage patients. So what we're hoping to do is really, there's three potential outcomes that come from our test. One, to be able to pick up asymptomatic patients or, or carriers of, of the disease uh, and to be able to diagnose early. Uh, the second is to be able to triage patients to understand patients are going to have light symptoms, cold and flu-like symptoms versus those that require, you know, hospitalization. And the third is be either be part of or perhaps have a more efficacious test that looks at um, a true immune clearance to say you, you're, you're, you're now able to go back to work or go back to school and we know that you've had the disease. Is it more effective, less effective, different, complementary? How, how do you see this fitting in as a third type of test? I think it's too early to tell if it's more effective or not, but there are reasons to be hopeful about this. Um, first of all, I think one of the logistical difficulties, for example, with the serology test is that the antibodies don't show up for an estimated seven to 10 days after infection. And so just as a practical matter, that means that uh, people who may be infectious uh, could be walking around and having contact with people uh, for a week, week and a half uh, or more before a serology test you know, would, would show uh, in real signs. The idea of your immune system, you know, the so-called clonal expansion of T cells uh, when an infection is detect detected in your body happens very rapidly. And so, uh, so just as a practical matter, uh, you know, the effectiveness of kind of 
a rapid detection of someone who's becoming infectious uh, should be much better uh, with this T-cell-based test. The other thing is, uh, I think the really important point that Chad brought up uh, is uh, a matter of risk stratification. Even if you haven't been infected yet, we may be able to see something in the makeup of what's called your T-cell receptor repertoire, you know, the makeup of your current T-cells that may give indications as to why some people never get sick, why some people you know, maybe just get something like a three-day flu, uh, whereas other people fall very seriously ill uh, to, uh, you know, to a danger zone where they may die. And so, so the other element of this is just having a test that is able to give you that sort of predictive power. Chad, can you put this in the context of what adaptive does broadly? Yes. So I think that's a, a really good point, which is, you know, our partnership with Microsoft is to look at the immune response to any disease. Um, and as infectious uh, as COVID-19 is, it's just another disease that the immune system sees. And we are able to now extend our partnership to specifically look at COVID-19 and incorporating the immune response, how our bodies are actually seeing the disease um, and being able to kind of harness that power of the immune system is exactly what the infrastructure uh, that we put in place, and that's our entire partnership with Microsoft, is built to be able to do this for disease after disease after disease. It turns out, though, that you know our first signal was in an infectious disease, uh, Lyme disease. And now, uh, within a period of three months, we clearly expect that we should be able to see a signal in COVID-19. Um, and then above and beyond infectious disease, uh, we will then you know, look at, as we are already, you know, other disease categories, such as autoimmune disorders and infectious disease. Um, and so that's, that's what we're doing on the diagnostic side. And on the therapeutic side, we're harnessing how our bodies naturally treat disease, how our immune receptors go and actually kill the disease um, to create therapeutics um, to go and combat different uh, disease states. Um, so just like what we're doing with Genentech and cell therapy and cancer, where we're looking at how T cells can be used to fight disease, uh, similarly, that's what we're doing with Amgen on our therapeutic strategy for COVID-19. Essentially, we're able to screen all of the antibodies from either patients who are actively fighting or recently recovered from COVID-19, uh, and then essentially funnel them down by characterizing them to see which ones truly neutralize the virus. So it's very, very, very similar. I mean, again, COVID-19 is just a new disease, and we're using the machinery that we built with Microsoft to diagnose the disease, and we're using kind of a the, the platform of screening and characterizing um, with Amgen to be able to create a therapeutic to fight the disease. Yeah, Chad mentioned, you know, uh, Lyme disease, um, but also jointly we had just launched before this pandemic a clinical study uh, on celiac disease uh, with the Celiac Foundation, um, and that's an example of a, an autoimmune uh, disorder. And in a way, it was sort of a no-brainer uh, for us, and uh, really all credit to Chad because I think he just was the driving force behind this. It was just a no-brainer to kind of redirect those efforts to COVID-19. Peter, what excites you about this as a computer science problem when you think about the resources and assets that Microsoft can bring to bear on this challenge? Well, and uh, here I think that the science staff at 
adaptive biotechnologies has just been so wonderful to work with. And, you know, I think that staff, of course, is led by Chad's brother, Harlan. What they were able to do was to sort of crystallize a key element of the problem to one of the most beautifully posed machine learning problems. Actually, it's a set of machine learning problems, uh, but there's a core one that is just beautifully posed. It's a little bit of a scary problem in that it's uh, it's big. You know, it's on the same rough scale as um, uh, you know as language translation uh, or um, sort of topic identification of web documents. Uh, so it's it, it, there's a kind of scale to it that is a little bit daunting, but on the same scale of problems that we've actually solved uh, at Microsoft. So by posing that, uh, that's made a very kind of clear division of labor uh, between adaptive biotechnologies and, and Microsoft. And we've then been able to set up an integrated team. You know, Chad's team actually has set up offices for our folks, you know, right on site and and really then get the kind of data flowing in order to kind of refine these models and uh, and, and build them. Uh, and then along the way, you know, that has also made it easier for adaptive biotechnologies to establish partnerships with other organizations like the Mayo Clinic and other top academic uh, groups uh, that are also uh, developing you know, their own diagnostics around T cells. Um, and so the whole thing has just sort of um, accelerated the pace of, of discovery. The immune race study that we launched last week to recruit a thousand patients uh, aged 18 to 89 um, who are fighting the disease or have recovered from the disease. That data, and, and, and Microsoft and Adaptive made this decision right away to say that if we can be helpful to the global fight to combat COVID-19 by using our data, not just in the development of our own test, but in any possible solutions where you're incorporating immune response, uh, that we needed to put commercial interests aside and just get that data open to the public. So public health officials, academia, and even other biotech uh, and, and pharma that can develop solutions, whether they be diagnostics, vaccines, or therapeutics, using our data, uh, we just thought that it was the right thing to do. Um, and so we're we're very, very much aligned in that strategy. And I'm and I do want to echo Peter's you know comments. You know, we couldn't have found a better partner in this than than Microsoft. Uh, every step along the way, we have been you know a hundred percent aligned in our decision making. Um, and the, the the talent that um, they have brought to this project, uh, and and really the cultural fit has been um, you know exceeded exceeded all of our expectations even. So if Microsoft and Adaptive Biotechnologies are successful in developing this test, what are the practical implications? That's coming up next. This season of the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast is presented by Primera Blue Cross. At Primera, we talk about what we do all day. We offer access to healthcare. The card in the pocket allows people to go get access to healthcare. Dr. John Espinola is Executive Vice President of Healthcare Services for Primera Blue Cross. The challenge we have is that we know that the healthcare that they get access to doesn't work as well as it could. So we have a duty at Primera to make healthcare work better. That's our job. We give people access to healthcare, yet we give them access to something that's subpar. We have a moral and fiduciary obligation to do better. We're going to do it in partnership with those who may touch the moment of care, providers, innovators, entrepreneurs, all of these are going to help us move in the direction we need to to make healthcare work better. We're bold enough to take the risk to try to do something that'll make a difference 
and learn from it and be better along the way. To find out more, visit Primera.com slash innovation. So what would be the practical implications of this in whatever time frame you could offer? Uh, what would this mean for clinicians, for patients, and for the pandemic as a whole uh, going forward if this study and this type of test were shown to be a success? We're working on kind of the commercialization strategy now, the product market fit. Um, there are certain challenges um, that that uh, persist, which is you, you do need a blood sample. Um, but we're working on whether it needs to be done with sequencing or can be done with, um, you know, a, a, a easier technology, um, less costly and faster turnaround time. But, you know, we know that the one area that no test so far has been able to be helpful is really this this ability to triage patients or to you know, risk stratify um, and 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 really could reduce hospitalization. Um, and so that's that's one area um, from a practical standpoint. Um, the second area where I think is one of the larger necessities right now is employers who are determining if they're workers can come back to work in a safe environment. And right now, I think there is some questions on kind of the reliability of serology-based testing. And again, a lot of this, just to be fair, is going to depend on what the data readout says. But one of the aspirations of the study is to be able to have a, a, a test um, that is potentially either complementary or a better measure of immune health. Um, and so those are two of the areas where I see this being used um, you know, practically once we have confirmed the data. The tests that Microsoft and Adaptive are developing together for COVID-19, um, it, it's one test with many test results. So any disease that we've mapped, uh, we can then diagnose from the same test. Essentially what we're doing is we're pulling out of a patient's blood, their immune repertoire. Your cells in your immune system, you know, both detect and treat disease, but they're detecting all the diseases with that same you know, set of T cells, that same repertoire. And once we have confirmed and, and mapped your T cells to the disease specific kind of pieces or, or antigens, once that's in place for any disease, then we can diagnose that disease from the exact same uh, blood sample. And, and I think that's the scalability and the beauty of this. It's just, it's one test with many test results kind of built on top of that. And what, what we're doing with Microsoft is essentially going one by one and mapping these diseases where Peter mentioned celiac disease. Now we're on our second infectious disease and we're looking at several cancers at the same time. And so ultimately what we're trying to do is develop you know, uh, down the road, a universal diagnostic that says when you walk into a doctor's office, we can take a, a sample of a patient's blood and tell you many diseases uh, that, that that patient has all at the same time with the same test. What would be the long-term vision? Well, I think the long-term is uh, ideally every person on the planet, you know, on a regular basis, once or twice a year, uh, would get tested. Um, that way, you're protecting yourself. You can catch cancers in stage one uh, the, that early. But also, as a public health matter, we would start to get early signals. Think of it as early warnings that something strange is up. You know, we may see 
T-cell response for a disease that uh, is puzzling that we haven't seen before, uh, which could be a, a new kind of pandemic danger. And that that idea, I think, is incredibly powerful and has never been more important than it is now. So that long-term early warning possibility that also serves each individual's own uh, health, uh, I think, is the is the ultimate big vision that really drew us into the partnership uh, with Adaptive. When you both look at this pandemic, look at what you were doing prior to it and look at where you are now, what are your big takeaways? Any big picture thoughts that have changed your perspective on the world because of COVID-19 or anything you'd want to leave us with even beyond the partnership about the situation that the world is in right now? Well, one thing I see is that many of the world's best minds in biotech were very focused on cancer. Some of them pretty focused on cardiac health. They're still very important. That whole world right now has switched to a focus on infectious disease like you wouldn't believe. Um, and so I think that one thing we're seeing is that when we get into precision medicine uh, areas like adaptive, we're seeing an amazing agility. You know, I, I think 10 years ago or even five years ago, the biotech world would not have been able to pivot to a focus on infectious disease like it's doing now. And so if we manage to beat this thing, I think we'll look back and say it's lucky that it happens now instead of five years ago. We just have a, a different ability to, to focus on this. I couldn't be prouder right now to be part of the biotech industry and, and part of the solution, uh, or at least trying to be part of the solution. You're seeing even competitors come together and work on uh, handshake agreements and move very, very quickly. So I think, you know, the industry, you know, over the past couple of years has been uh, as a whole, you know, maligned because of drug pricing and other, uh, you know, other issues. But the reality is right now, this industry is banding together in ways that we haven't seen before. And it's not just the kind of precision medicine and the, and the chemistry and informatics on the biotech side and, and the, really the diagnostic side. It's also the cloud compute uh, and the machine learning capabilities um, that that Microsoft and other of the big tech companies have advanced in the last five years that is enabling us to move you know, very quickly uh, to be able to, to kind of uh, uh, combat and attack uh, this pandemic. And, and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully the next ones as well will have, you know, a significant amount of learnings um, and preparedness from what we've just went through that any future pandemics, we should be able to move very, very quickly. One other point, the acceleration. I mean, if you if you look at the kind of term Manhattan Project, which has been, I think, accurately thrown about the acceleration of certain technologies, not only you know, our own in the uh, in, in terms of kind of looking at immune response. But if you look at kind of the different kind of RNA vaccines, the expedited time frame um, in, under which people are, you know, are working, I think, is going to really catalyze a series of technology that will be able to be useful in other disease states as well. You hate to use terms like silver linings at, with respect to a pandemic where many people have you know died and are in, in the hospital. And we want to recognize that. However, I do think there will be, you know, good that it comes out of this uh, from technology standpoint. I totally agree. You know, just in the last 10 weeks, we've learned and shifted 10 years worth of progress. It's, it's pretty amazing. Chad Robbins and Peter Lee, thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you, Todd, for having us on. Yeah, thanks. It was great. Peter Lee is Microsoft's Corporate Vice President of AI and Research, and Chad Robbins is CEO of Adaptive Biotechnologies. 
The study that was launched by Microsoft and Adaptive is called Immune Race for Immune Response Action to COVID-19 Events. It focuses on 20 major metro regions in the U.S. As of earlier this week, the study had more than 100 participants out of the 1,000 that they're seeking to enroll. You can see the show notes on this podcast or the associated article at geekwire.com for a link. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find more episodes at geekwire.com slash health tech and subscribe to the GeekWire Health Tech podcast in any podcast app. Thanks to our sponsor of Health Tech Season 4, Primera Blue Cross. You can find out more about their work at primera.com slash innovation. To see all of GeekWire's coverage of science, tech, business, and more, go to geekwire.com. And you can sign up for our podcast newsletter to hear all of our shows. I'm GeekWire editor Todd Bishop. We'll be back soon with a new episode of Health Tech.